Hey, what's up? What's going on? Welcome to English with Dane, a podcast designed to improve your English. As always, I'm your host Dane, and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at English with Dane. Today's episode is a conversation with Kara Leopold, who helps professionals chat to fast-talking English speakers over coffee by improving their listening and speaking skills with movies. We had a great conversation about how to use movies to your advantage, the best way to use subtitles, how to choose appropriate movies, and more. So check it out and let me know what you think. Kara hosts a movie club to help students improve their English, and you can find the registration link as well as the rest of her info in the description of the episode. So let's get right into it. You are listening to episode 162 of English with Dane. Hit it. I think it's one of like the the classic pieces of advice for English learners or for language learners in general mm. is like, hey, consume as much like media as possible, right? Like movies, yeah. TV shows, all that stuff. Consume as much as possible, subtitles, whatever. I was wondering if you had like any particular advice on the the style of movies or the genre, or if there's something about a, a particular genre or or director, even whatever it is, that makes for like um a better experience in terms of language learning okay yeah that's a really good question because yeah just like watch movies I mean that's very generic advice and you know we can dig down and say well like which ones from which era like because if you go back far enough the other weekend um we have this really strange channel um in our like tv subscription bundle it's called the drive-in movie channel and so I'm in France so maybe other people okay. in France have this channel and uh like it only shows movies that are um, oh what do you call it libre de droit like copyright free they're in the public domain that's mm -hmm. the expression I'm looking for and um so you see some really like crazy stuff like a, a whole amazing range of movies and last Saturday we watched this film that was a German silent movie but apparently it's like one of the greatest examples of that type of German silent cinema. And it's like, um, it's actually to do with the Weimar Republic, but like mm -hmm. it's all through like metaphors and stuff. Um, really, really cool um, movie actually with amazing decors and everything. But yeah, it's like a movie from 1920. Oh, wow, yeah. There's no, it's silent. And yeah, it's in German, I mean... so it's not even that useful for what. But you know, like when you say watch movies, I mean that could mean that you know, silent movies. That was a genre, like that was a type of movie. Um, it's probably not very useful for, you know, our purposes these days, right? Because because movies are a great way also to um, improve your listening skills and challenge yourself to listen to different accents and and fast paced dialogue so I mean I tend to tell people to start with like what they're interested in and I think that is a really good way to take this kind of advice so like consume stuff right that's in English okay great but then people start asking what and they get very stressed about like reading or watching or listening to the you know like the right thing or like the magic thing or something mm -hmm. but really you just have to start with what you enjoy so I mean if you transfer what you like to consume in your own language into English that's already going to 
take you far simply because you're motivated then to watch it. That said, I do think there are some types of movies that are more useful than others. So, um, you know, I have a movie club and we've experimented with watching different types of movies and we've kind of figured out that, um, you know, we get more mileage because we do a lot of discussions. We need like a movie that has a certain amount of depth and a certain amount of things to discuss. So if we just watched action movies, there probably wouldn't be enough to say. Or if we just watched even some comedies, it does depend, but sometimes comedies, there's there's not really a, enough there in terms of like the character development or the story for us to have a really good discussion. And we've found that dramas work really well like we have a lot there's a lot to talk about um there tend to be a lot of hidden meanings and messages although it's not true every time like we watch the big lebowski which is a comedy and that if you start analyzing that that movie is really 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 deep even though it doesn't even have a proper story mm-hmm. so, like, everything that happens in the movie is just complete a bit random but if you sort of peel back the layers and especially um I get a lot of help by going on YouTube and I find resources for my students and there's some really amazing channels where people analyze movies and they go really in depth with explaining you know what's going on in the movie and yeah that's a film that is like super deep even though it looks like a really stupid movie or something I, I love <laughs> like that movie. superficial level I love that movie so uh, yeah. much it's amazing. I think that's I think just like great. your opinion, man. Yeah. I swear I use that. Like, I think that so often, you know, like mm. the classic, uh, it really, the, the rug really tied the room together, you know, those, those things or like market zero. <laughs> yeah. The, the premise is so, is so stupid. You know, his rug gets stolen. There's a case of mistaken identity. Like it's, it's just so silly, but actually the movie has led to the creation of a religion, dudism. Right. So, I mean, it's like, it's super, it's super deep, but that's more of an exception. So we've found that, you know, dramas tend to be good and especially because they have like a lot of dialogue and the characters get developed a bit more mm-hmm. deeply. So um, there's more language to analyze and learn from and there's also more to discuss. So, you yeah. know, as a general rule, that can help. Um, I always, a lot, a lot of my students and um, we, we talk a lot about like TV TV shows or TV hmm. series. And one thing that I've, that I've found helps as well is some, I, I tend, I tend to, to tell them to maybe shy away from like, from like really fast paced shows, maybe like hmm. um, off the top of my head, like a Grey's Anatomy, right? Where you're like, oh, it's like a medical thing. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I, I, I like that kind of stuff. But then hmm. you want, you're watching the show and so much of it is them like walking down the halls, talking at an incredibly fast speed about medical things and you're like oh man this is like super stressful because like mm. as a learner you that, that there's like a frustration that arises when you can't understand everything and you're kind of like forcing yourself to try to catch everything and mm. and that's just like unrealistic um i i like to yeah. recommend documentaries sometimes because of like they're descriptive and they're slow paced and yeah, there's so yeah, it's also it's also looking for a way in, isn't it? So like you don't want to discourage yourself either. I mean, um, um I don't have the diagram. I have like a Venn diagram, I can send you it and it kind of to help you find the right movie for you. And it's basically a mixture of like what you're interested in, what you need, 
So with the example of Grey's Anatomy, you know, somebody who's going to work in the US to work in healthcare could actually be very useful for them, you know, for their professional mm -hmm. life. Um, so what you're interested in, what you need, and like at your level as well is the other thing to consider. Um, so yeah, like you say, for somebody like starting out watching movies and TV series, um, yeah, that, um, documentaries are definitely more accessible. Sitcoms often can be a bit more accessible. Um, yeah, I guess depending on the dialogue and depending on the context. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, but I mean, you know, if you, if you need medical language, legal language, whatever it is, I mean, there could be some series that are useful for you. And I don't know if I watch like hospital dramas in English, like, yeah, I learn a bunch of new words because I don't work in healthcare. Same. Um, but for somebody who already knows those terms, like who's an English learner, but is familiar with them, it actually might be okay. Um, but I also know people who are not in the healthcare domain who really enjoyed learning English through watching Grey's Anatomy. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, again, it comes back to like um, motivation and and level and 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 needs. So. What about like um, like period dramas, like things where the language that's used isn't really the language that you'll encounter? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I'm I've we've watched quite a few of those in movie club. We haven't watched one for a while, but we watched um a couple of years ago, we watched Sense and Sensibility, um, The Remains of the Day. That's actually the setting of that is more recent because it's like World War II period. And then uh, we watched the adaptation of that book. Ah, oh, what's it called? Whose name I can't remember now. Anyway, we watched a few, yeah, like period movies. Sense and Sensibility was probably the one that has the most like old, old fashioned um language. So I mean I had to say to my students, like, um, we always work on particular scenes from the movie. So some of that came up. And I even did a YouTube video where I sort of translated the language from sense and sensibility into modern English. Because even mm. the name of the movie, so the movie is about based on a Jane Austen novel. It's about two sisters who are very different, who are both like looking for love. So one of them is very sensible and rational. So she's the sense part of the title. And the other one is very romantic and sensitive. And so she's the sensibility part. But like in modern English, we wouldn't say sensibility. We would say sensitivity. Because mm -hmm. uh, actually sensibility nowadays is more to do with being rational. Yeah. <laughs> so like the language is actually, so like a modern enough. day title would be sense and sensitivity. Um, yeah. But in Jane Austen's time, um, you know the the words had slightly different different meanings, so I think that can be interesting. But yeah, you have to be aware that you might, yeah, some of the language might be less useful. A question that I Just, get often hmm. from students is, um, and th this kind of fits into this arc of like people are always trying to find like a miracle cure, a miracle solution. They're trying hmm. to get to that one thing that is going to really help them take off, and and I always, um, I always tell people to run away from that. Like if someone's promising. Uh, a miracle cure or like mm. this is the thing that's going to help your English get to that. I'm always like, be, be skeptical. Um, mm. So I get asked a lot if there's like a magic combination in terms of original language and subtitles, like, should I watch it in English with English subtitles? Should I watch it in English with Spanish subtitles? Most of my, my students are Spanish speakers. Should I watch it in Spanish with English mm. subtitles? And I was wondering if there's any particular combination that you think works really well in terms of like target language versus native language in subtitle and, and original language, or if it's just more of a, a question of level, 
right? If you have like a higher level, maybe you'll want no subtitles mm. or subtitles in the language of the movie. Like what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a really good question because, um, yeah, it is, a, it is an important consideration. I think there's a few things going on here. I mean, so some people, if they're at lower levels of, of English or I don't know if I think about languages that I can speak, but like that are a bit rusty or not very well, like, so my Spanish is a bit rusty. Um, even so, I would probably use Spanish language subtitles. But let's say like I wanted to improve my schoolgirl school girl German from school, right? Um, I don't think I would, I wouldn't put the subtitles in German because my problem is I just do not know enough German. Like I, I it's, it's too like old and I didn't really learn that mm -hmm. much even doing five years at school. So in fact, really, if I wanted to improve my sort of low beginner German, I would probably choose other resources and not movies because I don't think they're a good. Right. Um, I think there can be a waste of time when you're, uh, you know, a bit a, a beginner or, or low or low beginner because yeah, you would have to put the subtitles on in your native language and then you know, I question how useful it is. Um, yeah, so I think people will get more out of watching movies if they have the audio and the subtitles in the same language, because then you're not sort of getting distracted. But because that's a weird combination to get audio in one language and then like see another language in, on mm -hmm. the screen. Like I think that's really splitting your um, focus and concentration. I mean, even having the audio in English and the subtitles in a way that is sort of splitting your focus a little bit because yeah like your your brain you can't are you not read or... it like I, i'm sometimes yeah, I'm, like... I'm forcing myself i'm like okay let's try to not read subtitles for the next 10 seconds and then i just always fail like before i know it i'm just i'm reading again and sometimes yeah. what i what i what i hate is that it'll ruin the punchline because you'll read before. ah yes you'll yeah, just read right. it first you'll read it first and then it'll mm. get and then like it's the the, the audio is kind of lagging and and you're thinking like, oh, I think it would have been better if the, I actually had the actor's or actress's delivery of the line instead of just yes. reading it. Re reading it and you spoil it for yourself because it's not yeah. as good in your head as how they say it. And, you know, all this time that you're reading, you are missing what's happening on screen. So there is a trade-off. Like you can't, you know, you are going to have your, your focus split a little bit. Um, something I learned last year, um, on another podcast from someone who works a lot with Japanese students is it can also depend on your, um, native language and the traditions of like dubbing or subtitling in your country. So in Japan, people are used to, um, seeing movies like in, with English audio, but, um, the subtitles are in Japanese. So in fact, people have kind of learned to, um, you know, listen to the English audio and follow with Japanese subtitles. That's just the way it's done. They're not dubbed. Whereas, you know, you're in Spain, I'm in France. These are two countries with a big tradition of dubbing directly into the language. And I don't know about you, but in France, like the same actors would like, the same voice actors would dub the same Hollywood actors. So like, uh, I don't know, Bruce Willis has like his French voice or Eddie Murphy has his French voice. It's like always the same person. Or when it changes, people are like, oh, man, that's so weird. That's not the same voice actor. So, um, yeah, I think it can also depend on your um, the situation in your in your in your language. So people people that get was, used to, to to different things. That was that was going to be my my next question. Actually, I was going to say exactly that. I was like here in Spain, like we we dub everything. Right. And 
Um, mm. And and it's yeah, there's like in but even in TV, right? People people will refuse to watch TV series. Like the, people won't watch The Simpsons in English because they know Homer Simpson is this voice, Marge is this voice, and it's this classic actor from TV or this classic guy. But here's here's one that I always fight them back on is the person that dubs, let's say Bruce Willis, is mm. also dubbing a different uh Brad Pitt, who's also yeah. dubbing this guy. And I'm like, it's great that you have um classic voices that you associate to characters, but isn't it weird that they're also this guy and this guy? Yeah, and, and I find guy. that so weird. And actually, my friends who who have really good English here, even though they were like born and raised here, are the ones that from a young age were exposed to the original version and then they mm. they did the subtitle thing. But I, I get it. Sometimes you just don't want to. Sometimes you just don't want to read subtitles, you know, like I'll, oh, watch, yeah. I'll watch a foreign film and, I, and I'll, I'll always watch it uh, subtitled because come on, like it's, it's, it's the acting for me. It's you, your half of the acting is the intonation is the whatever. Oh, and yeah. That's the language that no, you, if not, it just gets lost in translation. Um, fantastic movie, by the way, lost in translation is one of my, <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, and I, I wanted to ask, but you I mean you you answered it for me, but I wanted to ask what the dubbing culture is like in in France, but I, I'm assuming now it's, yeah, it's the same as in Spain. Similar to Spain and uh, quite a few of my students are Italian, so um yeah, I think it's a, it's a similar dubbing tradition, but it's nice in some ways cuz um like I was saying, we often watch movies that are a bit older, so maybe from the 90s or the 80s, so sometimes like my students actually saw the movie at the time, um, maybe dubbed into their language or at the cinema with subtitles. So it's kind of cool because then at least they're familiar with the story. Mm -hmm. So they're not kind of starting from scratch, you know, when they start watching it. And I mean, that's another really good point about movies is kind of preparing yourself a bit before you watch them, at least having like a basic familiarity with the story and that doesn't have to mean watching the dubbed version but even just watching the trailer or just reading like a, a short summary of the plot like it can really help mm -hmm. before you go in you know so that you're not going in cold you're going in with like a little bit of information because even in English sometimes you know you start watching a movie and you're like what's going on who are all these people like totally you know it's confusing it's confusing Th that happened to me um not too long ago um when Tenet came out Christopher Nolan's right. movie and I went to the to the movie theater with with my with my partner and we we got there and I think we got there like two minutes into the movie. Like we were a little oh, we were right. running a little bit late and we kind of just came in and sat down. And I mean, we didn't know that was actually the beginning and that was the first scene, but we came into right. the movie being like, Oh, like and it's like the the first scene where they're like in this like opera house type thing and there's like shooting and and we're like, oh no, we missed it. So we actually just like went on went online really quick on our phones, like dimmed, dimmed the lighting, went on our, on our phones and we're just like, okay, let's just read a little bit of what's going on. Cause we, we, we went in cold. We had no idea mm. what the movie was about. And, and we did that on purpose. I think, um, part of the, part of the experience I think with movies is, I mean, obviously if, if you're a native speaker or you're well-versed in, in the language is, or something that I really enjoy is coming in knowing nothing. Mm. about the movie and just just responding to it with a completely um open mind and yeah. but sometimes if you're watching a christopher nolan movie especially like a tenet um inception one of these it's mm. it, it gets it gets a little sketchy but i think you're i think that's a super good point if you watch something that you're already familiar with it takes some of the stress out i always recommend yeah. like if there's a movie that you know 
front to back where you know all the dialogue in, in your language. Watch it in English is you know what's coming, you know what's being expressed, you know like the characters, you know their motivations, and and it, it'll be a quick way, like a shortcut into kind of digesting the equivalence and how we would express that. Because I think so often people are are translating, right? And it's something that people, I think mm. students have in common. They always say, I want to stop, I want to start thinking in English. I want to stop translating. And and I think, yeah, that's in a nutshell, that's the common goal because people spend years of their lives like getting educations to be able to translate books and, mm. and movies and stuff. And we're just trying to do it on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think that's super important what you said about watching something you're already familiar with to yeah. see how that sentence is constructed, to see how these moods are expressed, to see how these feelings are, are, are again, expressed in, in the language that you're you're trying to learn that you're actually learning and and you know also it's a chance to, to to maybe see things that they missed in the dubbed version sometimes i get the impression they take some shortcuts or it's Definitely. the same when like the subtitles are in french or spanish like they don't translate everything they, <laughs> or they sort of paraphrase or something you know so you, yep. you are you are missing things for sure like yeah. it's not the same especially with um i find that um, a huge difference in in the humor like between English and Spanish, is that English relies so heavily on puns and like language-based jokes. Mm. Whereas in Spanish, you can't, like translating a pun is yeah. impossible almost. Like it has to, like all the stars have to align just for like <laughs> that one pun to tr to work in the different language. So oftentimes there's, um I'm, I'll be watching a, a dubbed movie in, in the theater here and I'll and I'll laugh, and only a few people will laugh because I'm reading the subtitles. I'm going, oh, that just didn't hit. That didn't land. Mm, because yeah, they weren't they, able they... to translate it coherently, and like that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess a limitation. I understand, but um, I think yeah, I think there are are quite a few things that are are lost in translation. Do you, I wanted to ask you? I mean, this is always like a super hard question to at, to answer, but do you have any any favorites? Any favorite movies from the last? last years or or just those movies that kind of stuck with you growing up mm, yeah that's a that's a good question yeah I feel like I don't keep up so much with like what's out at the cinema because mm -hmm. um in movie club I'm watching like one new movie every month with my students so I kind of concentrate on what we're watching you know um for the club um mm -hmm. rather than what's like out there um maybe it would make sense then to take a movie that we've like watched together in the club and I think the one that um I think has really stuck with all of us was um last year we watched movies starring Bill Murray so we watched Lost in Translation which you mentioned and we watched Broken Flowers and then we watched um Groundhog Day so you know huge classic and um I think that is a movie like The Big Lebowski it works on so many levels and on the surface it is just a romantic comedy really I mean there's a big romance element but there's also um the time loop element so Bill Murray travels to this small town that he hates he's a weatherman he has to do a report on the groundhog because there's this tradition, and I didn't realize this is a real tradition in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ground, yeah, like the whether something to do with the groundhog comes out of its hole, and depending on its shadow, it's like six more weeks of winter yeah, or an so early spring. Like, yeah, yeah. So this guy, like, he really resents being there, Phil, 
this weatherman played by Bill Murray, like he hates this small town, he hates the people, he feels that he's above that, he's hoping to become a big shot um, weatherman somewhere else, and he ends up trapped in this small town in a time loop. So he wakes up every day on Groundhog Day, February 2nd. So in the place he hates, on the day he hates, with the people he hates, the groundhog he hates, and... Um, you know, and he's he, he can't get out. So it's it's really amazing to watch um, his the character's evolution as he sort of goes from like, you know, at the start kind of manipulating people and then getting really depressed, and then kind of eventually like climbing out of the hole and actually making the most of his time. Um, and yeah, it's a movie where like different religions have told the director, like, oh, this is our movie. You made this movie. This movie is about Judaism. This movie is about Christianity. Like it, or this movie is about Buddhism. Like it, it resonates like universally. I mean, um, and it even helped one of my students, like she said, her dad was quite worried. I don't know if he's, if he's retired now or he's planning to, but he was a bit worried about like, okay, when I stop working, like. What am I going to do with my life? What was what's going to happen? And as we watch Groundhog Day, we realize that there's an answer in this movie. You know, what do you do when every day is the same? Mm-hmm. Retirement can look like that. And actually, Phil, when he kind of transforms, you see that he finds ways to, for example, he builds new skills. He helps people. And, you know, he fills his days beautifully by the end, even though he's still stuck in the same day. He's having, living his best life <laughs> by yeah. the end. Yeah, I remember he, he like learns how to play the piano super well. He does yeah. like ice sculptures. And yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but I, yeah. I think that's such a good movie. And I'm honestly like, I'm a, I'm a big sucker for like time loop or time travel kind of movies, even though mm. when like at, at the end, like I always find like plot holes and I'm always like, kind of like talking oh, yeah, of course. about it, but like, there's something about the time loop and the time travel or the alternate realities type thing that I, that I, that I really, that I really like. Um, Interstellar for me is like one of my favorite movies oh, yeah. of all time. And, and it has, it has that component. I like space, space stuff and like, tra- like voyage mm. kind of things. And, and that one kind of incorporates, it has a bit of a cheesy message, but I think it, it lands. I think it, I think it hits pretty, pretty well. Um, mm. I wanted to ask you more about your, your movie club. How how did that come about? How how do you how do you do it? And how how do you watch movies together? Do you watch them in bits? Are you like streaming? Are you how, how do you how do you do it? Because that sounds really cool, and I think that's a an idea that that people could could get a lot from. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can try it at home. Definitely. Yeah. So it's a funny story. So it started about like this time three years ago. So during the pandemic, in fact. So I sent like a message to some past students and some students who had bought one of my courses um just suggesting that we do a movie club for like a month right and um we were going to use the movie the movies that were in the course um, movies on the run so it's based on like quotes from famous movies and I thought well this could just be good for a month while we're all kind of in lockdown and looking for things to do so we started in April 2020 and um yeah well, not, like now it's like almost April 2023 and we've watched 26 movies so yeah wow. it came it came out of the pandemic basically so one of those um stories where something like good came from a, a difficult situation um and yeah it was really nice to be able to like connect with different people across the world like in that sort of difficult situation um and um yeah about how it works so we do like we spend a month on each movie and we didn't do this in the beginning but eventually we decided to like go for three months at a time and choose like themes 
So right now our theme is movies by Clint Eastwood. So we're watching like either movies he stars in or directs or both because he often does mm -hmm. both. And that's quite nice because it gives us the chance to kind of compare the movies and like maybe watch how someone's films have evolved over time or whatever. There's an initial phase where my students have to watch the movie, obviously. And then we have a couple of weeks that are more like focused on language development. So I send them scenes from the movie to work on and they work on their listening skills and catching lines of dialogue and recording themselves pronouncing it. And then we also have a week where they're working more on speaking. So kind of talking about different clips. Um, and then the whole time we're like on WhatsApp together um, discussing the movie uh that's mostly at the end we kind of really go more into the discussion but yeah we already already start sharing re reflections in the first week after we've um seen the film and yeah there is a watch party element that we kind of used to have don't don't haven't really been doing recently but yeah we used to do um watch parties where like everyone would watch on their device at home and then we would create like a, a separate WhatsApp group where we would react to the movie in real time. So that was really funny. Like I was been looking through the old messages from those groups and they're just, they're really silly. Um, but it's like quite a, nice like as a, well. Like a live tweeting element. Like, yeah, like live, yeah. yeah, live reactions. So sometimes the students would ask me questions and then, but then they would also just like react and um, we used a lot of emojis because it's hard to, you know, write something um, super long <laughs> when you're trying to watch the movie at the at the same time. Um, yeah, so that's how it's a, a mix of kind of, you know, language improvement, but also like connecting with others and sharing your ideas and hearing other people's ideas about the movie. And I think for me, that's been the most surprising and rewarding part is just to see like how much my students notice Mm -hmm. how much the club members notice and they notice things that I completely miss. And, and that's where it's really nice to discuss a movie together because when you combine everybody's observations and ideas, and especially when they come from different cultural and language backgrounds, you get a really whole new appreciation of a, of a film. Even when you've seen before and you think you like know it all, there's always more to uncover. That's so the case. Like I'll, I'll often talk to, to friends cause like I'm a, I'm a big, I'm big, I'm a big movie buff. And like, I'll talk to to friends, my brother and 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 people, and and they'll say like, oh yeah, did you notice how this was just like a veiled critique of this? And I'm like, oh wow, I didn't even yeah, like they totally missed that. Yeah. Jesus, like that went over my head so mm. fast. Like I have no idea. And, it, and it's funny how I'll I'll notice little things or 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 see things, and I feel kind of like I'm in English class from like in high school when we used to like read books and be like, okay, what's the theme? What's this? What's that? Like, mm. is there foreshadowing? And then watching movies more than once is great, like because you can yeah. you, you really start to pick up on things that you're like, oh wow, like they just I don't know, like I'm I'm not thinking of any movie in particular, but I'll say like, wow, they talk about this book at the beginning of the movie, and that book is exactly this like the story, the plot of. Of oh the movie, yeah, or like little or little <laughs> Easter eggs that you that you find here and there, and yeah, and yeah. So I think it's super valuable to watch movies with other people, and because you'll definitely, definitely all pick up on different things. Oh, oh yeah. Like I was just looking at like Lost in Translation, uh, a comment from a student, and how yeah, if you watch movies superficially, you don't, you maybe don't fully appreciate them, and you kind of think, well, that was a waste of time because like Lost in Translation, it just looks like a lot of Scarlett Johansson sitting around in her underwear in a hotel room. But again, when you scratch the surface, you you realize that like that's almost kind of deliberate. She's stuck in this hotel room really high up above Tokyo. She's kind of cut off 
from Japanese culture and and mm-hmm. and, and life, and she's she's always, she's lost in her own life. You know, it's all it's all it's all symbolic, and it all has meaning. You have to look for it a little bit, and that's what's so rewarding as well when you watch a movie. What I, what I love about Lost in Translation and running out of time here, but like I'll just I'll, I'll I'll say this real quick is that I love when movies are about friendship and it's like between a man and a woman and it's just like about a friendship and it's like a friendship that came about in a time where they kind of just both needed each other and like they didn't know and and it doesn't it doesn't have to be a romantic thing all the time that was so clever of Sofia Coppola to not have them jump into bed together because mm-hmm. she could have just done that and it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, but it would it would have cheapened it, right? It would have yeah. made it just like, okay, it's one of these stories. But I think friendship stories are 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 told less um days mm. than 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 romantic stories. But I think they're they're often more common than in like in life than romantic stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Nowadays, there's like a weird thing where, like, when I talk to to younger friends or students, they 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 say, well, they they claim. I'm not gonna say they say they claim that they don't have time or they don't want to commit to movies because they take hmm. too long. And I, I don't know if that's something more to do with the the dwindling attention span. I blame TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And people will say like, no, I don't have two hours to watch a movie, but you have two hours to watch like five episodes of a series that you're watching, yeah. you know, because it's just like segmented in, in a smaller, more digestible format. But, yeah. Um, what I like it ab- about movies as well is going to the movies is such a treat just mm. because if you're watching a movie at home, you might pick up your phone and check something. That's true. Or you yeah. might get a call. But if you're at the movies, you feel like, okay, I'm committed I'm committed to the movie. Well, especially the price you have to pay now to watch yeah, a movie. Yeah. At the how much is how much does a movie ticket cost in in France? Oh, well, gosh. where are, where are you in Paris or where are you? No, I'm in like provincial France, so it would be okay. a bit cheap. I haven't haven't been to the the actual like movie theater for a while, but I'm guessing mm-hmm. like minimum maybe nine or ten euros, unless you've yeah. got some kind of subscription or you know uh, some kind of discount that you can you can apply. Yeah. So it's not it's a expensive um form of yeah, entertainment. Plus popcorn plus like a drink. Oh yeah. Oh it can quickly like, wow. escalate. Yeah. 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 I'm all about but, popcorn. I can't I can't even handle it. I'll have pop- I I make popcorn at home to watch movies, but not like in the microwave. Like I, I do it like in the Oh wow. I actually make it. I get like the, the popcorn oh, kernels and I put some oil in and I just like time it on the stove and I have my whole <laughs> I method. I can't remember the last time I had popcorn. I don't really eat it even at the cinema. Um only occasionally. Did you know, but yet- did you know here's like a little interesting, like a tidbit. Um yeah. I, I studied audio, audio engineering and stuff, and there there was like this whole module that we did about like cinema, like 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 sound and and scoring right. and stuff in, in movies and how they mix everything. And there's actually something called the popcorn floor, which means you have to, as a as a as a sound engineer and as a as a as a as a mixing artist, let's say for for the sound in in movies, you have to account for the fact that people are going to be eating popcorn. So people, people, yeah, people <laughs> around you are going to be eating popcorn, and you as a spectator are going to be chewing popcorn, which has a, a pretty loud, let's say, sound in your own head. And yes. So as a mixer, you have to account for that like popcorn floor <laughs> the popcorn of noise. Effect. <laughs> yeah. So so if it's crazy because you you'll go to a movie theater and you'll be eating popcorn like loudly and you're in and, like it's pretty loud again in your head, but you'll hear everything that's going on in the movie. 
Oh, wow. Whereas okay. if you're at home, if you're eating popcorn at home, it's way harder to, to catch everything. And that's I, just think that's, I just think that's so silly, but also like, of course, yeah, it's practical. You have yeah, to no, be, that, that they makes, call it the popcorn floor. That's so it's like interesting. The, the white noise, the white noise of popcorn in, in the theater and in, in your own head from your chewing. <laughs> I've learned something new today, but yeah, no, definitely yeah. there's, yeah, when we watch movies that are streamed, I mean, we're not getting the same kind of quality, whether it, audio or visually than, than what you get in the cinema. And it is so lovely to be in that kind of cocoon you know, mm -hmm. for a couple of hours where, yeah, like no one's going in, no one's going out. Like it's, you know, you're there um, and you get that full um, cinema experience that you you don't, you don't really get at home. But I must admit, like with the pandemic and everything and with doing the movie club, it is really convenient for me to be able to, you know, stream all this stuff at home. And yeah, I haven't really been back to the, the cinema much. Yeah, we went to see the latest, um, what's his face? Oh my God, this is like my partner's favorite director. Wes Anderson movie. We went to see that at the cinema. But that was ages ago. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, we really I mean, I need to get I, motivated. Yeah, I haven't seen, last Wes Anderson one I saw was Grand Budapest Hotel, but I, I know he's done stuff after that. Oh yeah, he's done, done. Grand done Budapest lots. Hotel was, was, was really cool. Do you have, do you have a favorite director as well? Um, I would say, yeah, Wes Anderson is one of them. Um, as for others not 100% sure but um yeah they're, they're, he's one that I really appreciate really like his movies I have I think I'm pretty basic I'm like basic basic guy I like uh like Tarantino and Christopher Nolan are are cool directors mm. that, I mean whose whose movies I've just enjoyed the most I think out of out of yeah, last year it, like James mm. Cameron I don't know it's too much of a commitment James Cameron um and then like Steven Spielberg also incredible but it's just like it's too it's I, I read this critique the other day on steven spielberg's latest movie the fablemans which is um which was up for oscars and stuff which mm. is like it's like a two-hour coca-cola commercial right <laughs> and i thought that was like a really spot-on way of 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 explaining like his style you know mm. it's um but yeah he's i mean yeah how can you not like him um yeah before before we finish up i would love for mm. you to tell people where they can find you how they can um, access your movie club and and a little sure. bit of that so they know they know what's up yeah so like the best place to find me is probably on my website so that's leo-listening.com um and yeah that's where you'll find um more information about movie club you can also sign up to my newsletter and get my free guide which is called understand movies in english um, and loads of other cool stuff um I also post quite a lot now on LinkedIn I've been doing that for a few months and yeah I'm sharing some cool stuff there so people can come to LinkedIn Cara Leopold my name uh, <laughs> you'll find me I think I'm the only one um yeah I also have a YouTube channel it's been a bit dead lately but I might try and revive it and talk more about the movies that we're watching in movie club I'm gonna try and commit to that doing like reviews and stuff even though it makes me nervous because I'm like um, I don't have like a film studies background or but I, I can bring that unique perspective from me and my club members like did we enjoy it what did we talk about what what new English expressions did they learn I think that's a really cool uh, contribution that we can make to the discussion even if like we're not film experts like we're you know we have our 
our, our reasons for for watching too and, and and our own reflections um yeah and the movie club um is open like three times a year for enrollment so i don't know when this is going to go out but um there will be an enrollment period in april 2023 if you missed that don't worry i will enroll again probably in the summer for september to november which would be like the last round of this year which is so crazy and then like the next one will be in early 2024 it's mad. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> the already. year is already going, um, even though we're still like in the beginning part of the year. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. And and yeah, guys, I'll link I'll link um her stuff in the description of the episode. I'll link link to her website and stuff. So if you if you don't remember what it is, you don't have to go back. Just go into the description of the episode, and you'll find the link to her website and to her LinkedIn as well. So thanks again, Kara. And Perfect. We'll talk thanks, soon. Dane. That was awesome. All right. Take care. Bye.